Yeah, I, I just think a lot of times people don't realize the amount of risk that they're taking. And when you go and look at it, you know, they're really driving in the left lane 75 miles per hour on a highway when they're much more comfortable being in the right lane driving 40 miles per hour. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into All Things Retirement. I am Ben George. He is Anthony Alpha, certified financial planner and founder of Cardinal Wealth Group. And today we're talking about lessons learned for the next stock market crash, because we know it's going to happen at some point. We don't know how, what it's going to look like, how significant it'll be, but we know as the market continues to kind of rebound right now, we know at some point, maybe sooner than later, who knows, it's going to go back down again. So we're going to talk about the lessons that we've learned here recently that we can apply to that next market, stock market crash and be prepared for that when it does happen. So Anthony, welcome in. How is everything going? It's good to catch up with you again. Ben, it's great to hear from you. Everything's going pretty well. Just um, looking forward to uh, things normalizing, hopefully sooner than later. And uh, New Jersey's been not too bad comparatively to some other hot spots out there. So um, yeah, hopefully that we continue on that same track. Yeah, it seems like, you know, the tables have kind of turned a little bit and New Jersey seems to be in pretty good shape compared compared to most places. So that's good to see. And hopefully it will stay that way as we head into the fall and at least be able to enjoy the rest of our summer into the fall. Uh, hopefully everything will kind of trend that direction as well. So there's a number of things I want to get into today. We've got a couple uh, headline I want to run by you to get your reaction on. Going to get a little getting to know you question. And then hopefully at the end, after our main topic, our main discussion, Got a mailbag question or two that we uh, that we have pulled aside that we'll try to answer as well. So let me first, before we get started, point you to Anthony's website. If you're looking for any kind of any kind of resources or you want to get in touch with Anthony or listen to any of our past episodes here on the podcast, you can go to cardinalwg.com, visit him there, and also you can call the office at 609-605-2808. So came across this headline and I, and I wanted to get your kind of reaction to it and your perspective on it, Anthony. Uh, according to a recent poll... 72% of Americans say that they'll prioritize financial planning once the pandemic is over. How honest do you think people are? What percentage do you think actually will prioritize financial planning? Sounds like uh, the uh, wishful thinking of going to the gym uh, around between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's. And then, you know, basically everyone drops off of that uh, by January uh, 15th. Yep. So, you know, I think that that's great that when things like this happen that people look back and kind of feel guilty that there's probably, they know that there's things that they probably should or could have done um, in the past. And they probably got away with it to some degree of letting it kind of go on over time because the market prior to this really just kind of was on a very upward path and really maybe masked a lot of the issues that they probably should have addressed maybe four or five years ago. So, you know, maybe this time is different. I, you know, 72% sounds awfully high. Um, but um, I just don't think that, you know, if we get out of this sooner than later, that I think a lot of us will continue along the way. And, and not to mention, this is not just an economic thing. It's like a health, mental health thing. So, right. you know, if you're given some a green light to be able to go back and live a normal life. I think that will probably come first for, for most people, but Hey, let's be optimistic. Maybe uh, it will be closer to uh, that 72% number and which I think would be great. And I don't think it needs to be something 
you know, so comprehensive. Uh, it's just, hey, just working on some of your financial planning is always, I think, just a smart idea. Have you noticed an up- uptick at all in people that have come by or reached out to you and just shown more of an interest so far? Definitely people that we've been in touch with at some point in the past, whether it's through a uh, retirement workshop that we've done or a uh, virtual retirement workshop or people who have requested our like retirement rescue kits, um, they have circled back uh, more so from people within the last year. Uh, certainly. Okay. Well, hopefully you are one of the 72% if you're listening to this show that that maybe if you haven't prioritized financial planning, hopefully that is on your to-do list when this all settles down. I think a lot of people have learned some tough lessons and we'll, we'll talk about some of those lessons here in a little bit. It's getting to know you time. I want to turn now to a little getting to know you question for Anthony, a little uh, look away from the office kind of get an idea, better idea of who he is as a person away from work and, and what he likes to do for fun. So here's a question I got for you today. Would you rather make twice as much money in the next year or make the same amount of money while working half as much? This could actually really happen, which I think it would be really difficult for me to be able to do it. I would love to be able to f- be one of those people who could work half as much. I just struggle though with getting away from work whether I'm at home or on the weekends at times, even if it's just checking emails. So that would be the one that I would go with working half as much. I just think for me, it would be hard to pull, actually pull that off and turn my brain off. Um, but yeah, it sounds, that would sound delightful at times. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? To not spend nearly as much time, but still not have to worry about money. Uh, it'd be pretty great position to yeah. be in <laughs> for sure. I wonder what everybody else would say, but I'm, I'm probably with you in, in that boat. I'd probably, maybe I'd meet in the middle, maybe make a little bit more and just work a little bit less. You know what I mean? Like kind of, kind of get the best of both worlds if that's a possibility. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's turn to our, our main discussion today. And, and I mentioned some tough, difficult lessons that people have learned here recently. So we're going to provide a little bit of a survival guide here on the show today and talk about some lessons we've learned for the next stock market crash, you know, we've all experienced what a crash feels like in recent memory now. It's fresh in our mind. You know, if you, in case you'd forgotten what 2008 felt like, well, 2020 has kind of slapped you right in the face probably. And it's a sobering reminder of what it's like to experience that sudden market drop. Now, we don't know what it's going to look like next time. We don't know when it's going to come, how significant it'll be, uh, and what's going to cause it. I mean, will the virus continue to, to have an impact on the market? We had the election coming up later this year. Who knows if there'll be turbulence around that process. We don't know what the catalyst is going to be, but we want to give you some basic rules to kind of follow so make sure you don't lose your shirt, as they say, the next time uh, the arrow on the graph tumbles downwards. So let's run through a five-rule market crash survival guide, beginning with number one. Always have an understanding of how much risk you're exposed to. Yeah, I would say many times, you know, you have the average person who says, I'm a conservative investor, and then you look at their account and it's has mostly all stocks in it. And that's, yeah, I, I just think a lot of times people don't realize the amount of risk that they're taking. And when you go and look at it, you know, they're really driving in the left lane, 75 miles per hour on a highway when they're much more comfortable being in the right lane, driving 40 miles per hour. And so it's not a difficult process to help people to show them basically how much risk that they're taking on a typically bad market so that they can understand it. I think that one thing that translates really well for the average person that I've seen is to maybe get away sometimes from saying it in percentage terms, but more so in actual dollar terms. So if you have a nest egg of 
$500,000 for retirement and you lost, you know, 50,000 or 100,000 or one, you know, you can go through the, the process of dialing it up or down, people will basically, you know, really be able to tell you, like, I would never feel comfortable losing, mm-hmm. say, $100,000 of my nest egg at this time in my life. Well, then that can translate to saying, all right, well, we know that we need to, you know, shift your account more conservative. And so the advisor and the, you know, the client can really have a good type of conversation kind of going through a process like that, I think, and help to back into what makes the most sense for the the client at the end of the day. Yeah. I always feel like seeing that number rather than like a percentage is a lot more <laughs> eye-opening Perc- and, and it's a lot more re- are hard for people to, you know, always conceptualize and understand at yeah, the end of the day. Absolutely. But you understand you understand dollars going out, that's for sure. Yeah, you know what a hundred thousand means for sure. It's a lot <laughs> more than twenty percent right. in your mind, probably. Uh number two on our list uh for survival guide is protect some of your gains as you go along. So what's the best way to, to approach this and execute this, Anthony? Yeah, so and I think that this is something that happened to a lot of people over the last decade and where the market kind of keeps getting higher and higher. Well, what happens is that your actual account will tend to get drift away from your target investment strategy, meaning the more gains that you're getting, let's assume that it happens on the stock side, the stock percentage grows. And so something to kind of keep that in check would be simply to just rebalance it once a year. And with a lot of uh, like 401k companies, you can set up that stuff to happen automatically. And a lot of people are certainly not aware of it because we come across it a, a couple times a month where we're talking to some of our clients, new clients that maybe are still working and we're helping them with their company plans and they have no idea about you know some of these things. So just rebalancing your account once a year or when there's a large change would be um, an ideal way to you know stay and capture some of those gains. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, number three on our list is to be sure that you're diversified appropriately. Uh, and I think this is obviously a, a pretty important one, but I think a lot of people now know, you know, look, let's look, look what the market's done here recently. How can I better approach things next time? Well, I think diversification is a great place to start. Yes, certainly. And I, I think that, you know, look, there's certainly people out there who really enjoy having a less diversified account where they have a small number of holdings, maybe uh, 15 to 20 different stocks or something like that. And, you know, it, it can work to some degree. It's just a very risky strategy. And I would say for most, it's not going to work. And it's probably comes down to if you're doing some of those things, you know, it's or you hear a lot more about it because you hear a friend or family telling you how much money they're making right now. Of course, they don't always share with you when they're not making money. They always you know tend to brag when they're making money. But you know, I would kind of remind people of things like the tech bubble that happened in the past to kind of remind you of why diversification is really important. And it's not to say that you're not going to still own some of these great companies like, say, Amazon or Microsoft, Apple, and, and things like that in your account. But it's just to say, hey, we need a little bit more balance and to spread out some of that risk uh, along the way to, you know, just be more in line with your overall risk tolerance and not to have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. You don't want to be too over leveraged in one position, I guess. But yep. you, know, you look at the next one on this list is, is timing. It's trying to time the market. And I think a lot of people 
you know, you look back and you say, oh, I, should, I saw the signs coming or I knew it was going to happen or I should have gotten out when I thought I should have gotten out. But no matter how hard you try, you just can't time the market. Yeah, I mean, and that goes back to hindsight's 2020. I, you know, I knew that something like this is probably going to happen and it's very revisionist. And it's been proved time and time again that trying to time the market does not work over, certainly over a long period of time. Could you get lucky in a, you know, if somebody bought stock this past March or April, yeah, I mean, that that's great. If you have some cash sitting on the sidelines, that makes good sense. But, you know, to be able to get out of the market at the perfect time and to get back in, it's going to be too complex for the average advisor and average investor at the end of the day to do that over a long period of time. So it doesn't really make sense to try to do something like that. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. That even the average advisor is going to struggle with that, too. So I guess if you work with an advisor that, that's telling you otherwise, it's probably a bit of a red flag as well. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, well, let's close out with this one. And I think this one's maybe the most important. Maybe that's why we're saving it for last. But, you know, if you have a good plan in place, and hopefully as, as 72% of Americans have said, they're going to prioritize financial planning. So hopefully when this next stock market crash comes along, you've got a very strong plan in place. But when you do, make sure when this next crash comes, you don't panic. You know, even though like even this time, Anthony, and we're completely not out of the, the woods right now yet. We're in a better position than we were few months ago. But even this time around, it was like, oh, this is different. This this feels this feels worse. I don't know when the bottom's going to happen. Just take a breath. You know, your plan's built around the volatility. I think you hit it on the, on the nose when you use those three magical words. This is different. And I think that a lot of people go back to saying, well, this time is going to be different than, you know, the previous times. And, you know, they don't all look the same. But that's why it really goes back to controlling what you can control. And it really starts off with having a plan in place that you can go back to when you're lose, when you're having some of that self-doubt and to really understand, okay, well, how much has this really affected me? And, you know, what are some things that we can do to take advantage of right now because of something like this happened? And, you know, once you have a plan in place, knowing those that your risk number, you know, what it looks like in a normally bad market to make sure that you're comfortable in a you know typical situation and able to sleep at night you know obviously something like this is more of an outlier like a 2008 in terms of how quickly it dropped but another thing that you know to help you maybe deal with is maybe to have some type of like cash buffer safe money you know or market alternative type of account and so that if you're in retirement, you can allow your stock account to recover so you don't have to take the money out of there during retirement. And so whether it's cash, a, a CD, you know, there's alternative investments or uh, annuities and things like that that can help provide you a, a buffer from the stock. But at worst case, you know you probably have bonds or, or stable value money market that you can pull from while your stock account recovers. And I think from an opportunity standpoint, if you're somebody who's maybe doing some tax planning, like Roth conversions, that's a real ideal time that you can take advantage of or rebalance your account to put some more money over to the stock side if you had a, a large loss there to take advantage of it when it recovers. So I think that it's not just all about thinking about how negatively this thing, but there are times where there is some opportunity, but the plan at the end of the day is going to hopefully help you along with your advisor walking you through why to help you not walk off the cliff. Yeah. So if you don't have a plan in place right now, make it a priority, but to do so 
when this thing, when the dust kind of says, settles a little bit. And honestly, you don't need to really wait. I know, I know we talked about the beginning, Anthony, yeah. you know, people talking about let's wait till the pandemic's over. Well, I mean, why not take advantage of that now? I mean, w- what's the point in waiting, right? I mean, what's going to change between now and maybe when things settle down? And there's certainly, and like I said, the, those types of events do create opportunities to do things that you, you know, maybe aren't quite able to do during you know, different, you know, better times and right. to, or make the loss not as bad by making some adjustments now, certainly. Yeah. So get a plan in place for how you're going to attack this thing when it, when it is uh, all over and, and past and we've moved on from it. Uh, and you can do so. Reach out to Anthony. CardinalWG.com is the website. There's resources there. There's also a contact button, but you can call the office directly at 609-605-2808. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, let's turn to the mailbag. Got a couple of questions I want to get to before we close out today's show. I want to start with a question that came in from Mick, who wrote, with so much market uncertainty recently, is this a good time to buy bonds? Well, I would say it depends on what your alternative that you're kind of comparing it to, you know, and you know why you want bonds right now in the first place, but I would say generally, Mick, you should maybe already have some type of investment strategy that you're kind of carrying out based off of you know the goals or what the purpose is of that money, and that you know probably should have some type of allocation that's been identified you know as to what you should be using, and it almost should be in a lot of ways on autopilot. Um, if it's maybe some new money that you you know, came into, well, maybe it's just maybe revisit what the purpose of this new money might be for and, and then kind of figure out if bonds or some other investment makes the most sense for you. Thanks for that question, Mick. We have one more. We'll go to uh, this question from Rourke, who writes, my financial advisor seemed to do a good job of managing my investments, as far as I can tell. But we never talk about other things like social security or life insurance or legacy plans, which are all things I feel like I should be getting advice on. Is this typical? Yeah, I think it it is fairly typical for a lot of advisors to just be focused on the investments. But um, there are more and more people, advisors out there that are focused on planning first and or planning centric. And you can look up those firms by maybe Googling those in your area or going to a website like certified financial planners and finding a certified financial planner in your area. And those are generally going to be people or professionals that are going to be more in touch with going through the financial planning process. But I would also probably take it a step further, you know, not just look at just their designations, but just to understand their process, what they like to advise on. So if there's somebody who really just focuses and they're a CFP on investments, then yeah, they still might not be somebody who's going to help you on social security or life insurance or legacy plans. So you just really want to ask the criteria uh, as to where they're focused on to make sure that that's kind of their niche so that you get in touch with the right person there. I'm assuming for you, Anthony, when you work with a client, you're covering a number of different things, right? You go well beyond investments. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're definitely a, a firm that's uh, planning centric first and really talk about the investments almost last because we kind of back into what the right investment strategies are for your goals and what you're trying to achieve and understanding things like your social security legacy plans and 
any other goals really at the end of the day to understand those first before we start making investment recs. Well, if you want to get in touch, Rourke, with Anthony, you can do so, cardinalwg.com. And if you want to send in a question, you can do so on the website as well. And we'll bring it to the show here and try to answer it as best we can with the information you provide. So we'll close it out on that note. As always, you know, the the mantra for Cardinal Wealth is educate, enlighten, and empower. Hopefully we've done that today uh, for you and, and looking ahead at what could be the next stock market crash because it's never too early to start planning. But the key is to have a plan in place, right, Anthony, for when this happens again. Absolutely. Yep. Well, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already to All Things Retirement, and we'll have another episode coming out in a couple of weeks. So we'll talk to you then. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.